Praise God. Well, I'm going to share a couple of jokes for you this morning. Then we'll get into it. Did you know life is like a helicopter? I don't know how to use a helicopter. <laughs> so, you know, it's people, the front row got it. Okay, is it moving back a little bit there? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, and this other I really like, it said, country people talk to bugs before killing them. You done flew up in the wrong house today, buddy. <laughs> And somebody went, oh, me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Good to see these bright and smiling faces today. Yeah, we're going to have a a real rip-roaring good time today. Um, I want to uh, share just a couple things real quickly. We're starting this week on Wednesday nights with Brother Tim, Entrepreneurial Leadership and Kingdom Entrepreneurship. I'll get it right in a minute. Correct me when I'm wrong, but just not all the time. It takes too much time for that. Um, Kingdom Entrepreneurship, for four weeks on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we'll be meeting back in the hospitality suite till we outgrow it, and it's going to be really good. It is involving being out in the thing that God has called us to do and be, Okay. So it's not a draw for your money. It's nothing like that. It's an opportunity that we can disperse what God has put in us because the world needs it. I'll try that one again. The world needs it. Praise God. So let's take advantage of the gift in Him to be able to put this together. Hallelujah. He's got an MBA, by the way. So, you know, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let Him use that, that brain. Praise God. Um, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Yeah, so we're going to have a special Mother's Day uh, service. All the mothers have to clean the floors. and not <laughs> Joking, okay. Um, Pastor Kelly's going to be doing a message before the, uh, week is o- before the month is over. I'm going to be in Texas one weekend, so they're going to... Um, They've invited me down there, Pastor Corey and Rochelle Smithy's church. I go down there once a year and speak with them. So, um, And then the last Sunday of the month, we're going to be having a movie in the night, and it's the enemies within the church. And it's not talking about church of tomorrow, but it's talking about things across, um, really not just this country, but across the world. Uh, but especially with an accent in America, it's uh, put together. It's a real quality movie. Uh, so we are going to have popcorn and, and soft drinks. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where it's going to be educational and encouraging too. Uh, and we praise God for that because how many of you know these days are a little different? Okay, one, two, three. Okay, uh, quite a few of you. Okay, praise God. And then something else that I want to make sure that you are aware of, after Tim does his four Wednesday nights, we'll be starting in June and going through the summer on Wednesday nights with uh, I-D-H-E-F-T-B-A-A, okay? So look forward to that. That's, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Okay, number one, you're going to learn stuff that you haven't known, Okay? You're going to learn stuff. 
It's going to be a presentation that Dr. Frank Turek does, and we're doing it on DVD here, and then we'll have a Q&A at the end of the, the meetings. It's going to tell you things about how you can share your faith in Jesus. At the same time, though, it's going to build you first, and it's going to give you all sorts of reasoning that match up with Scripture. And so it's going to go into the micro and the macro of the universe. It's going to do a lot of things, and it's, I've, I've been through this class several times. I took it, first of all, with him on a Zoom deal, and then I took it uh, again, and then I've also given it, but I haven't been able to use these particular aids. And if, for those that want it, there's a workbook available. I mean, this really does something, and uh, especially for you millennials, I tell you what, you, you have something to share, and... Uh, yeah, Doctor uh, Doctor Brian, you're <laughs> Doctor Byron. You're a millennial, right? <laughs> I put him on the spot. <laughs> he he says, "What you talking about, boy?" <laughs> uh, I do that all the time with people. So, Doctor Byron, uh, he he'll he'll be here. He and uh, Laurie, they, must, they make every one of the Wednesday nights. So you got to enjoy it. It's going to be good, and it's going to give you essence. I, I was meeting with my grandkids last year in the evening when I had them. I, I kidnap them for a week every year, take them uh, to some place, and get kind of like semi-camping, the, the upper echelon of camping. It's called a cabin. So anyway, I pull them together, and I start asking them questions. They're 13 last year, 12 and 13. What do kids talk about at school? What do children tell you about, what do your peers tell you about what they think about God? And uh, my granddaughter, Emma, she said, they want to see proof. Well, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist, and I don't have enough faith to be an atheist because you're going to blow that thing totally apart. You talk about faith, they even contradict themselves all the time. So, and, and this is going to give you the substance to be able to share with people who are saying, I want to see, I want to see proof. So we're going to have you that opportunity. We'll not prove it 100%, but we'll prove it 99.99%. So uh, really look forward to that. And if you, if you miss some classes, that's okay because there is a continual thread, but they all, each class is independent too. So, you know, if you're out of town or something, of course, you'll, if you want the workbook, you'll have that to go along with it. But uh, that's something I can't say enough about, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, today, I want you to do this. I want you, while you're sitting there, we started to take all the chairs out today and put in those ones with a notepad in the bottom. You know, Kelly was kind of alluding to that a while ago. But I want you to pretend that this is a hot July night and you're in the tent out there for tent meeting time. Are you with me? Did I scare you yet? No air conditioning. We got the air on, but no air conditioning. And, uh, you, know, you know, so if you see some perspiration drops coming down, that's, that's mean that you're really in the meeting. And uh, Kelly mentioned Dr. Curdy, uh, Cody, and uh, he said he also one of the things he said was, wave a hanky, it's okay. So if you want to wave a hanky today, it's okay. Uh, we're going to have some real fun today and a message that I know you're going to enjoy. It just encourage you and lift you up and something a little different from our 
normal teaching mode. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the anointing on your word. We thank you, Lord, for bringing everything into fruition to us today. Make the deposit that we need so that we can see you multiply it in the days ahead. And we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, this title of this message is The Fourth Man. Uh, the, we're going to go to the book of Daniel in a few minutes. And the book of Daniel uh, basically was written in the 5th century B.C. And it covers the time from 605 B.C. up until about 241 B.C. Uh, when uh, Medo-Persia uh, drowned. <laughs> it contains a lot of great prophecies. Some of those actually came to fruition before the cross, a lot of them since, and there's a lot of them still to come. There's, um, it, it, there's a little bit of controversy about the, the way it's written in things, but there's solid proof. Praise God for all the archaeological discoveries they've made in the last two or three years. And it proves so many things, uh, discoveries that they make. I was, I was listening to one yesterday about a new one that they've made in, in Israel. And ah, it's just, it's, it's amazing. God is unfolding his truth and his confirmations in these last days. That to me is the strongest sign of the last days that we see probably. Uh, it was written in both uh, Aramaic and Hebrew. Today, we're going to talk about it in English. Y'all get that? Okay. That's supposed to be a little bit of a funny. Okay. Uh, the Jewish people were taken captive into Babylonia at this time. Daniel becomes the prime minister. Well, he was the prime minister of uh, Babylonia. And then when it comes to the Medo-Persian time before the book is out, he's also about the same office holder in that too. Both of these kingdoms in the book of Daniel, and Daniel has 12 chapters, uh, verses, excuse me, chapters 3 and 6 are both uh, miracle working chapters that I believe relate heavily to today's situation in the world. We're going to talk about chapter 3 today. Um, and, and that's so important that we realize it. Daniel was a man who was the top person under the king in both of these kingdoms. And when we talk about Babylonia or Medo-Persia, we're not talking about a country. We're talking about a kingdom. We're talking about Greece, Rome. Uh, for, uh, they came before Greece and Rome did, where they conquered basically the known world at that time. So that's a pretty big position. And we're going to talk about one of the things that those guys that, that came captive out of Israel and thrown into this secular kingdom, and that's a nice word, could say demonic, uh, but I didn't say that, did I? Okay, okay. well, uh, okay. Uh, thrown into this demonic kingdom can stand in the days of adversity without moving, without shaking, just going on because they knew who their God was. So here is... Um, our trip for today, we're going to talk about this one story. We're not going to talk about the entire book, but we're going to share a message, as far as I know, that was first preached about 70 years ago by a man named Oral Roberts, and it's been preached, preached again and again and again by quite a few different people, and you say, well, why in the world would I want to share a message that was preached 70 years ago 
Pastor Dan, I thought you were supposed to be current. I believe, just as the Bible is the most current book in the history of the world, I believe this message is also very current. Now, it's not Bible uh, 100% because I'm going to add some things to it. I'm going to piece a few things together. But at the same time, it's biblically based all the way through. And this is about Jesus Christ and how He has set us up for success in this day and time, just like the Jewish people were set up all the way through the Bible, although what? They never did fully accept what God was doing in the Old Testament. But there were people who did. And that's the same way that we see today in the world around us. There are a lot of people that don't accept the truth of the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit is revealing, and that they can actually take a Bible and read it themselves. They don't accept that. But there are people who stand up in days of adversity, no matter what the whims of the society are around them, they know who their God is, and they stand in His grace to be able to fulfill the promises that He's given unto them, praise God. So we're going to have that privilege today. Uh, it, this particular message just hasn't stood the, t- the test of time, but I believe it's become more relevant even today than it was a long time ago. So uh, chapter 3 today, uh, we could have chosen chapter 6 just as well. I happen to choose this one. Uh, some of you are maybe really interested in, in uh, Daniel because of the eschatology that it has in it because there's still, again, a lot of things in it that have not been manifested yet. Uh, so it's the, uh, the Old Testament uh, uh, pattern or compa- uh, comparison with the book of Revelation in the New Testament. Daniel 3.1, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it on the plain of Dura in the providence of Babylon. Now, just think about this six cubits wide and 60 cubits high. We're talking about a gold statue that is right at 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. Uh, For those of you taking notes, that's a lot of gold. I I mean, if you try to figure all that up, it would probably be trillions. So in today's dollars. So we're talking about a huge statue, 90 feet tall, that's like a nine-story building, nine feet wide. So how'd you just like to have a hand off that? Say, statue, can you give me a hand? (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse 2, he then summoned the satraps, prefects, not perfects, not perverts, prefects, Governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officers to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. Remember, many countries here represented, all under the same kingdom. So the satraps, prefects, and so forth and so on, the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you will fall down and worship the image of the gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. 
Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Wow. I mean, that was all over the Internet. By the way, for those of you that want to know, a zither is kind of like a small harp in a way, and a lyre is kind of like a small zither. Okay, that's a roundabout way of saying it's a stringed instrument that you play. Uh, in fact, I think instead of playing with two hands, they played it with one, held it with the other. So I knew that some of you would want to know that. I know Jeremy had that on his mind, so I thought I'd bring that out. So praise God. And they're just announcing this. You have to fall down in front of this tons of money, but a dumb idol. Dumb in the fact that it's dumb, they can't speak, and dumb in the fact that, yes, people are dumb to worship it. What's the dumb idol going to do for you? Separate you from God. That's about it, okay? And if you don't do it, we're going to burn you alive. We're just going to throw you into a blazing furnace. So you have two choices in life. Now, in advance, I'll tell you what most Christians today would do. I'm talking to some people I think are on YouTube. They would bow down, worship the idol, get up and say, Father, please forgive me. Okay, moving on. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of those instruments, all the nations and peoples of every language Fall down, I got offline here, I'm sorry, fell down, I knew it wouldn't fall, fell down and worshiped the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. In other words, they got their newspaper with the astrology report in it, moving right along. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the so forth and so on music instruments must fall down and worship the image of gold and that whoever does not fall down and worship the throne of the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods, plural, nor worship the image of gold you have set up. You know, people who serve false gods have to get a whole bunch of them to try to find everything that'll come close to matching up with Yahweh. Verse 13, furious with rage... Some of us may not know what rage is. It's anger on steroids. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. Yeah, he really made it. (laughs) 
But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? He did get another chance. He liked these guys because they helped him. He was going to have three provincial governors out of a job. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. How many times could we say that today with people out there that mock Jesus Christ in words or deeds? Now, we've got to be of the right spirit ourselves. But it's like, hey, that's what you want to do? You can do it. God will let you do it. God will let you go to hell. God will let you. He won't make you go and live with him in heaven forever because you don't want to live with him now. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Now, a fiery furnace will make you crispy critters. Seven times hotter would evaporate you instantly. And commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We don't want them running off. You don't tie them up. And throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into a blazing furnace. God had them fully clothed for a purpose. It's cool. Verse 22. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up the three guys and firmly, they were firmly tied who fell into the blazing furnace. The, the soldiers are there ready to throw them in, and as they're throwing them in, they're annihilated by the fire. It's that hot. Now, see, God sometimes turns things up a little bit so that he can get more glory out of it. He didn't drown the Egyptians in a puddle. He drowned them in a river flowing. And it was the time of the year that the water was plenty deep. And many times in the trials of our lives, the temperature may be turned up a little bit more. It may get a little tougher. It may get a little hotter in the fiery furnaces of life. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how hot, no matter how difficult, our God is still with us. Our God said that he would be not only with us and for us, but he would be in us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen, praise God. Verse 24, then King Nebi leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, uh, 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 weren't there uh, uh, three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Yeah, that'll make you have to change your drawers. 
Verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. He knew that they served the Most High God. And he said it. They didn't have to tell him that right then and there. They had already told him that they served the Most High God. His God was not able to do what this God did. Praise be to that God and who rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Folks, there's a lot of gods out in the world today. They're all over the place. Some of them are money. Some of them are sex. Some of them are drugs. Some of them are sports. Nothing wrong with sports. And that's such a God. I know. That was my God before I got saved. Football was. I was a participator because I bet money on the games. Okay, I didn't play. <laughs> it back school days. But I was a participator. I was helping that God because there was somebody making money off those bets. It's called a bookie. And it wasn't legal either. And there could have been some trouble. Now, for those of you taking notes, that's been decades ago. I passed the statute of limitations on that one. I got it cleared up with God, too. <laughs> Verse 29, therefore, I decree that the people of any nation, our language, who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. King Nebi was actually saying, I see light. That's what he saw. He saw the reality of a real God, not just a statue standing there that the pigeons could dump on. Verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. What was their doomsday? Oh, God turned the table, and they got what? Promoted. They got new positions higher than they had had before because this king did have one thing going for him. He saw, when he saw something he needed to bow to, he saw it. And I'll bet anything that he was probably in his prayer closet that evening bound before the real God. God will make even your enemies at peace with you. All we need to do is go in the right spirit, love on them, stand strong in truth, and not bow down to whatever their God is. We need to cleanse ourselves of all false images in our minds, in our homes, I remember years ago, I went through my house and things that did not bear uh, a similarity to the agreement of the Bible, they went out. Some people would have had nervous shakedowns when they saw the alcohol going into the drain. I had a big smile on my face. Poured out half of my liquor cabinet. 
Why keep half to make sure that I could stand in the times of adversity? Six months later, I got rid of it, and it was never touched again in the six-month period of time. Because my God stood strong on my behalf, and my God brought forth what he wanted to bring forth, and my God did what he wanted to do. So we see that when you are challenged in this day and time, you're challenged any time in your lives. There's a fourth man who's going to show up in the fiery trials of your furnace and be there with you and walk with you through it to make sure that you don't, if you don't bow, then you don't burn. Who is this fourth man? In Genesis, he is the seed of woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he's our Mordecai. In Job, he's our ever-living redeemer. For I know my redeemer liveth. Who is this fourth man? I'll tell you who his fourth man is. In Psalms, he's our shepherd. In Proverbs, in Ecclesiastes, he's our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's a wonderful four-faced man. And in Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnaces of life. That's who he is, praise God. That's who he is. Who is this fourth man? I'll tell you who he is. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's the mighty to save. In Jonah, he's our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God as elect. In Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist crying, Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, he's our Savior. In Haggai, he's the Redeemer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's the fountain opened in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. In Malachi, he's the Son of Righteousness with healing mounting up in his wings. That's who he is, praise God. That's who my Jesus is. That's who he is, praise God. Who is this fourth man? I'm glad you asked me that question. He is, in Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the Son of Man. In John, he's the Son of God. In Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's our justifier. In First and Second Corinthians, he's our sanctifier. In Galatians, he's the redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he's the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he's the God who supplies all of our needs. In Colossians, He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In First and Second Thessalonians, He's our soon coming King. That's who He is, praise God. That's who my Jesus is. Hallelujah. 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 Who is this fourth man? Who is this fourth man? 
I'll tell you who he is. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's our great physician. For the prayer of faith shall save the sick. In first and Peter, first and second Peter, he's our chief shepherd who soon shall appear with a crown of unfading glory. In 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, He is love. In Jude, He's the Lord coming with ten thousands of His saints. And in Revelation, He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. That's who our Jesus is, great God. That's who He is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who is this fourth man? He's Peter's shadow, Stephen's signs and wonders, Paul's handkerchiefs and aprons, and John's pearly white city, praise God. That's who he is. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus, hallelujah. Who is this fourth man? He's the father to the orphan, husband to the widow, and the traveler in the night. He's the bright morning star to those who walk in the lonesome valley. He's the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the honey in the rock. He is the brightness of God's glory, the expressed image of his person, the king of glory, the pearl of great price, the rock in a weary land, the cup that runneth over, the rod and staff that comfort you, and in the government of our lives is upon his shoulder. Praise God. That's who Jesus is. That's who he is, Praise God. That's Jesus, hallelujah. The King of kings, the Lord of glory, praise God. Who is this fourth man? He is Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, my Savior, my companion, my Lord, and my King. That's who he is, praise God. That's who he is, hallelujah. That's who he is. That's the fourth man. That's the fourth man, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. That's who the fourth man is. Folks, we have the fiery furnace of our lives going on every day right now through this land. Some of you feel it. Some of you don't quite get there yet. That's okay. Jesus will be with you. He'll be with you in every way. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can handle. And with every temptation, He will provide an exit door so that you can open that door and walk right through it, praise God. And He'll be with you for you and in you. Hallelujah. What we're going to do right now, would you stand up with me, please? We're going to open the altar out. Those of you that want to come forward for prayer or to pray, you may come forward. Those of you, that if you want to stand or sit where you are, that's fine too. But we want to open this up for a special time. Folks, America needs changing, and it can start right here. And we're thinking 200, I was thinking a while ago, Kelly, 250 cards, man. That printer doesn't know who we are yet, do they? Yeah, and that's just going to give every, car, every person one card. Yeah, coming up one of these days here pretty soon. Praise God. Hallelujah. This world needs changing. It needs Jesus. It needs a revelation of the great I am, praise God. And you're a part of that. Build him up in you and then share him with others, praise God. So we're just going to open this up. Come forward if you'd like to. Pray with somebody. 
Pray, ask, we'll be up here and pray for you. Some of you going through some battles when you need some healing, you need some strength, you need some deliverance on that. Whatever you need, let's do it right now and take these few minutes to enjoy the presence of the living God and who Jesus Christ is and always will be. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. Run, devil, run! Hope you had a good drink this morning. Taste of the Lord and see that He is. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Be sensitive to that opportunity, the one that you may have passed before. The Lord has put His Spirit within you to desensitize you to the things of the world to bring forth the things that He has for you. Let Him have His perfect work. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One thing that I forgot to mention, I wanted to mention earlier, is we're going to be doing some, uh, some luncheons uh, the first Sunday of the month's coming up. Uh, and we're just doing it in small groups. Basically, you that are here who uh, are faithful attenders. And so we're going to do one today with a few folks. Um, it, it, so don't feel bad if you're not asked because we, we don't want to do everybody at the same time. So we'll get you next month or the following month. It'll probably take us about three or four months to get everybody in that we want to do. So just, just to let you know what's going on, don't think you're being slighted if you didn't get the invitation because only a few people did. But we'll get you sooner or later. We just kind of want to bring you in with our staff and let you kind of know the inner workings and, and what we do in a staff meeting kind of and um, let you have a feel of that and recognition of that and do a real short teaching and a word of encouragement usually. So anyway, that's what we'll be doing starting today. And if you uh, have been invited, you've already been invited. And if you haven't, you don't worry about it. You'll get it next time or the following time. So that's what we're doing from there. Kelly, come on up if you would, please. Um, take with you what God deposits in you. Ask Him to seal it and multiply it. Out of your belly or innermost being shall flow rivers. The Holy Spirit in you is not going to go drip, 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 drip. We know what Proverbs says about dripping <laughs> leaks. He's a gully washer. And some of you may not know what that is. Remember, I was born in Texas. But gully washer is like a really, 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 really big rain. And if you're in it, you're going to get washed away. If you don't grab onto a tree or something. So that's what God wants to do. And you may not think that this is talking to you, but it definitely 
is for each person to grab, receive, believe God, ask Him, and believe that He seals it in you, but He also multiplies it in you. God didn't give you something just so you'd have a good feeling for a few minutes. God gave you something of substance that you may be able to grow in that and then have something additionally to share. Amen? Sure to love you all. Kelly? Hallelujah. What a powerful word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of the scripture that says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Hallelujah. And we need all the streams to come in. Hallelujah. So allow what God has done in you to be released through you. Hallelujah. Not to be damned up and stay in you. Release this flow. Release this stream. Hallelujah. That a river may come forth. Hallelujah. For God's kingdom is a kingdom that is expanding. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we uh, just lift our hands. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. For what you've done in us and what you're going to do through us. Hallelujah. As we leave and throughout this next week. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That you've anointed us to go forth and to see this kingdom expand. And we bless you for the results. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Go in the power and in the goodness and the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah.